Wow, we are here. Episode 13, the season finale of Outlander. I'm Carson. Thanks so much for being a part of Talk About Lander. This has been so much fun. And obviously, if you're listening, you're just as obsessed with Outlander as I am. And this season finale was so good, was so satisfying. There were tears. I was anxious. I laughed. And still, can we get Claire some new friends? Let's let's just dive right into Eye of the Storm. It opens with Claire drowning. I mean, her voiceover literally says she's dead, but she talks about kind of having a peaceful happiness. And we find out later what might have caused that, but we'll jump to that. Um, you guys, obviously, you've seen the episode. There's no way you're listening to this and you haven't watched it yet. So let's jump around the plot a little bit. We open with Claire drowning and then we flash back. Who knows if it's days, years, but she's in the carriage going to Galus's house. And it's weird when you look at the carriage, she's in this compartment and being kind of like pushed all around which to me was foreshadowing because it was very reminiscent of her time on a ship. And of course, that's going to come into play. She's searching for Ian. Jamie has been arrested. At least she was smart enough to leave a note for Fergus and Marsley because I'm not always sure that Claire has the greatest plans. I mean, she's wandering around the slaves' quarters yelling. I mean, it's whisper yelling, Ian! Like, no, no, girl. Um, but while she was in the carriage, they stopped because there was this there was this horde. I'm assuming it was slaves. They were headed somewhere. Did you notice the noise they were making? It sounded like the noise the Ewoks make in Return of the Jedi when they're worshiping C-3PO. And then later on, there's another Return of the Jedi reference, and I'm, I'm sure that wasn't their intent. But that's where my mind went. I don't know. Maybe because The Last Jedi comes out next week. That was some sort of homage. All right. I doubt it. Um, but meanwhile, because she's left the note for Fergus, John Gray is able to get Jamie freed, which is awesome. He, like, lawyers up and he tells the lieutenant, mm -mm, this is not happening. John Gray, for as much as um, I, I get kind of jealous for Claire of how he feels about Jamie, but man, what a great friend to have. And he was not letting Jamie get away. I mean, you've seen the Sapphire. He's been carrying this thing around. He will make sure that Jamie is alive. So meanwhile, Claire is up with Galus and Galus is talking about this prophecy and she's totally unhinged and she's going to send Claire off with her big old man. And then suddenly... Wait, what about a kid? You were pregnant? 200-year-old baby? Going back to the prophecy that Margaret had last week, which it's very interesting to me that Claire doesn't quite read the room like, um, you know, this woman is really like you should be getting whiplash from her mood swings here. What I did find interesting, though, uh, maybe it was just me, but I thought it was a total callback to season one when Claire is spitballing when she's brought before Galus and tells her flat out Jamie has been arrested and he's wanted for a murder he didn't commit. Did that kind of harken back to Frank? Because remember that when she's talking to Colin McKenzie, it's use as much truth as you can in order to be able to stick to it. And that's what I felt she was doing with Galus. But then she played her hand way too soon and Galus is going to be out for Brie. Thankfully, Jamie shows up at Galus's compound and is able to rescue Claire. They're going to go find Ian. 
they come into this circle where there's this sacrifice or ritual happening, so reminiscent of what was happening when Claire first saw the stones when she went to Cragnadoon, and that's where all the it was like that druid thing with the I just hear the skyboat song because we see it at the intro of every episode, and it's calling back to that. And then here comes Willoughby because Claire is hiding with her husband like she did in episode one, to watch this ritual. And Willoughby is the one who tells them, like, hey, it's cool, they're with me. It's like Princess Leia with the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. Okay, maybe I'm just a big Star Wars nerd, so we'll move along from that. But I'm telling you, it's there. Go back and watch the movie. I love that Willoughby and Margaret are going to be happily ever after. To be honest, the sacrifice of the bird or the duck, whatever it was, way more disturbing for me than Archibald dying. Um, but I am glad to see that Margaret and Willoughby are going to go off together. Now, we do need to talk about Margaret's uh, reading for Claire and Jamie, but we're going to get to that in just a little bit. So don't think I didn't notice it. Claire and Jamie are chasing Galus to whatever this cave is that's like Cragnadun, and they're going to rescue Ian, and then they're talking about, oh, if this doesn't work out, she might have to go back through, and we love each other. And then Jamie mentions Faith, and I'm crying. I love all the uh, references to faith in this season. I think it's so wonderful. It starts really back when Claire is ready to give birth that she she had had a child before and Frank didn't know that. And when they're looking at the pictures of Brie and Willie, it's so wonderful that faith is still so strong in their relationship and in their hearts. Now, here's Galus, mind you, about to set poor Ian on fire. Go back through this episode, right? So Jamie's friend, Lord John Gray, uh, saves him from jail, saves him from probably a hanging. Claire's friend, like Claire has had one friend outside of Dr. Joe Abernathy, and it's been Galus. Um, Galus wants to kill your daughter. Galus wants to kill your nephew. Galus is not really a friend. I noticed that if you go back to the first talk about Lander of this season, episode one, I talked about the support system, how Jamie, even when he thinks he's going to die, he had his clan. He had all these people around him trying to support him. He ends up at Lollybrock with his family. Claire has never had that support. She had her uncle, because obviously her parents died, um, but he's gone. She had Frank, sure, somewhat, That's one guy. And then when she goes back to see Frank, he's not really there. Claire has been just making this journey solo, except for that time she's with Jamie, which I think is another key element to their relationship and the hold that they have on each other. Then we get to Galus dying. And this one sent me to a vortex because Claire almost chops her head off with the machete and we flash back to her talking to Dr. Joe Abernathy. They're looking at the skeleton, which now we know is Galus. And so like Claire has just killed Galus, but she's actually examined her skeleton in the future. But when she examined her, it was actually Claire's past because that was like a year ago. And yet Galus hadn't even been murdered by Claire yet, but she was still looking at the bones in 1968. No, by the way, Dr. Joe Abernathy has the same last name that Galus has been. This is just making my head spin. It's like looking at a mirror with a mirror. It's just going on and on and on. And it's so crazy that I actually had to step back from the TV for a second. Um, So they get out of the cave and Jamie's reunited with his family. Claire 
understandably, a little bit freaked out about the fact that she just killed Galus and she's thinking back to that time looking at her. I mean, she's like, whoa, I saw these bones. This is super creepy. Um, yeah, she's having a little bit of a tough time with it. But what I did like was the symbolism of Jamie with his family. That was a really nice family reunion. And we're going to come back to that. So we get on the boat where uh, Jamie and Claire, what a great scene. What a great reconnecting scene. I had been watching the Outlander marathon through the day. And it really does actually feel much more cohesive when you watch the episodes all together. I think some of them felt disjointed for me. But watching how they use their relationship and their physical relationship for that reconnection This was such a great scene that they really let take its time and the two of them smiling. So important because, bam, the weather turns and Claire gets thrown overboard and and her voiceover talking about being dead. And she's she's happy because if nothing else, she and Jamie, they were connected. They were they were reunited that um, there was a sense of closure there. you know, maybe physically what she'd been doing an hour before looked like a lot of fun, too. But here comes Jamie. Thankfully, his arm has healed from where Leary shot him. And he was able to swim this time. Remember, this is the whole reason Ian got in trouble was because he's the one that swam over to Silky's Island. But Jamie swims. He rescues her. That underwater kiss is so romantic. And they come to life on the beach together where she says, I told you I'd never leave you again. Point of order, you were kind of ready to leave at Lollybrock. Although I still stand by that Claire wasn't going to leave. She just needed to, like, take a walk. Yes, she was packed up, but she needed to, like, get away from the situation. So I'm not sure she was ever going to fully leave. But they've run aground, and we find out they're in Georgia in season four. I cannot wait. I am so excited for this. And now... What that all means, like putting that together. There was a lot of foreshadowing in this episode for the episode itself and also some interesting callbacks and some interesting ties through the entire season. First off, uh, bouncing around the carriage like a ship. We were talking about that, that in that carriage, Claire is getting tossed about. Well, then what happens at the end of the episode? She's getting thrown around on a boat. So we kind of if we take that cue, we know that this is going to be. Physically, a rough episode. And then Claire finding the dead boys when she was looking around that slave quarters for Ian and she found the bodies of those young men that Galus had killed. That was referenced when Ian was being held in what looked like a prison and their throats were slashed. Well, whose throat ended up slashed in the last part of the episode? Well, I mean, actually, she had about 20 minutes left. But Galus Galus ended up with her head almost cut off right there on the throat. Now, something else that was interesting, when Galus is just in one of her big moods and rants and is accusing Claire of trying to horn in on the prophecy and the whole thing, she mentions Claire dropping out of the sky. Do you remember Marsley said that to her, too, when they found out that they had to room together on the boat? And then one of the guys that was a prisoner with Jamie, you know, you've got those two that are now following them around. He says, you know, McDo's wife keeps dropping in. It's interesting. Everybody refers to Claire as dropping in from somewhere. And she ends the episode dropping into the ocean. And it's just an interesting theme, an interesting dialogue choice that's been going on through this season. Now let's talk about Margaret. She she kind of read Jamie's past. She was talking about the rabbit. She saw him, or at least he feels what she was speaking to him about was Culloden. And then 
she starts inferring that he's her father and I've dreamed about you. And then she looks over at Claire and calls her mama. I feel like she's got to be channeling Brie. This is setting something up for season four. And there's something about a monster, which we know isn't Galus because Galus has died. But what's happening? That I, I, This is my theory. And if I think we've talked about this, that I don't read the books until after the season has ended. So I don't know what's coming up in season four. I wonder, though, is this Brie that she's channeling? And what could this monster be with Brie? So then we uh, we get to Galus is dead in the cave and Jamie is holding Claire and Ian. That's Jamie holding his family. Well, now Jamie and Claire are in Georgia. We found out that it sounds like Fergus has made it. Ian's made it. Marsley's made it. I believe Jamie will be holding his family in season four somewhere in the colonies. There are some spoilers. I've seen them on Twitter. It sounds like they go to North Carolina. And then we get that beautiful sweeping shot of what is supposed to be Georgia. So it looks like our Frasers are back together and season four. I mean, what are the chances? Claire and Jamie just live happily ever nope at least 10 books and we're only on season four that's not happening so thank you for being about all about talk about lander this season and hopefully we'll be able to pick up before the drought lander ends you never know there could be outlander news that we all have to talk about find me through twitter as usual it's carson on air or at talk about lander facebook too you can find me through all of that and thanks so much for listening